You are listening to the Grace Covenant Church Audio Podcast. Well, if you would take your sermon notes there this morning. I've actually built the text into the sermon notes. So you can take your Bible if you'd like, but... um, You have the scripture that we're going to look to in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 right there in the sermon notes this morning. I was thinking about, you know, the reality is this is obviously the first Sunday of a new year. Uh, And if you're like me, you're still trying to figure out like where last year went. You know, the older I get, and maybe some of you will identify with this, the older I get, it seems like the faster life goes. I've heard it said like like this, life's like a roll of toilet paper. The closer you get to the end, the quicker it goes. And that certainly seems to be true uh, for me in my life. Maybe it's true for you as well. But as we come into this new year, we want to begin a, a new series of messages that we have titled The Waking Dead. The Waking Dead. If you, if you watch much TV, you're probably aware of one of the hit series that premiered November 2010. And it's gained quite a following called The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead. It's a TV show. If you're not familiar with it, it's a TV show presenting a post-apocalyptic world overrun by zombies. So it's all about zombies, and um, I've watched the show a couple times. I couldn't connect with it, um, so it like really wasn't for me. So I'm not like the specialist on zombies, uh, but it's amazing how popular the TV show has become. Um, Just as a point of reference, how many of you have watched the show The Walking Dead at least once? How many of you like watch it every week? If you're not home, you DVR it so you can make sure you watch it when you get home. Ah, A few more. So not too many uh, zombie-crazed folks. Um, But it's interesting, again, how popular this this TV show has become uh, about The Walking Dead. By the way, it it created such a stir. I find this interesting. I did a little research on it. It's created such a stir that the Centers for Disease and Control and Prevention has issued an official statement saying there's no such thing as a zombie apocalypse. Isn't that funny? Actually, one of the statements reads like this. CDC does not know of a virus or condition that would reanimate the dead or one that would present zombie-like symptoms. But this TV show, The Walking Dead, has created somewhat of a zombie craze. Now, over the next few weeks, the good news is we're not going to talk about zombies. Can you say amen to that? But we are going to play off the title, The Walking Dead, um, and we want to talk about The Waking Dead. Because we're not The Walking Dead, but we are The Waking Dead. Amen. We are the waking dead. We are those who have come from death to life. We're those who come from a place where we had no future to a great future because of the provision of Jesus Christ, because of his intervention in us. I mean, if you think about it, we really are a movement of the dead coming to life. Think about that for a minute. Through Jesus Christ, we, as Christians, Christ follows, we are a movement of those who were dead but have come to life. Matter of fact, the Apostle Paul, in his writing to the believers at Ephesus, spoke about the state of our being dead and then coming to life. Listen as I read Ephesians. Paul wrote, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It's by his grace 
that you have been saved. So God's grace has made a way for us today that we can trade death for life. We're no longer the walking dead, but we are. We are the waking dead. We've been made alive through Jesus Christ so that we can declare the praises of God who's given us life. We've been made alive so that we can live in a vibrant relationship with God who loves us outrageously. We've been made alive so that we can join God in His work in our world today. So we are, we are the waking dead. Matter of fact, turn to your neighbor and say, hey, we're the waking dead. Matter of fact, Jesus, interesting, Jesus said it like this. In Luke chapter 20, verse 38, Jesus says that our God is not the God of the dead, but He's the God of the living. So we're not the live. So we are the living, brought alive spiritually, to live eternally with God through the provision of the cross. Because of Jesus Christ and His death and resurrection, we can trade death for life, and we can live fully alive, fully alive. So the way's been made, but but for each of us, we have to determine to live fully alive in Christ. So over the next few weeks, actually the month of January, we're going to talk about how can we, as Christ followers, live fully alive in Christ. Because see, I, I believe that that's God's plan for your life. I believe that's, that's God's plan, is that you would come to fully embrace, to fully discover all that God has for you, that you would maximize your relationship with Jesus Christ. But for that to happen, we have, we have to be willing to take action. You know, this past Christmas, following um, the Christmas Eve services, my family and I went to Arkansas to see our family there. Um, we decided that we would drive rather than rather than flying. So after the last Christmas Eve service um, and one party at the Daniels home, uh, we got on the road and we traveled from North Carolina to Arkansas. Now the good news for us is that some years ago, I don't know how many years ago, but some years ago some really smart people, and I don't know who they were, but if I did some research I could probably figure it out, some really smart people created the interstate system. In other words, there's, there's roads that connect state to state that makes travel um, relatively easy. Um, however, just because there's an interstate system did not get us to our destination. Just because someone had like well thought out and did a lot of work for a lot of years to prepare all of the roads from basically, I, it was for us, it was I-40 from North Carolina to Arkansas. Just because someone created the roads didn't get us to our destination. To arrive at our destination, we had to get on the road and do some driving. Actually, it was 850 miles. It required, what, some determination, some commitment, some focus for my wife, a lot of caffeine because I slept and she drove. Praise God for a good wife. I was like wore out after the Christmas Eve services, so she got behind the, the wheel like a mad woman and took us home. But my point is, the way had been made, the roads have been laid out, they've been designed, they're connected from North Carolina to Arkansas, but for us to get to our destination, we had to take action. We had to get on the road and like put in some hours. We had to do some work. It required, again, commitment, focus, determination. As I was thinking about that, I thought, you know, it's it's exact... It's exactly the same in our relationship with Jesus Christ. God's desire for you is that you would live fully alive in Christ. But for that to happen, it requires action on our part. Listen, God has provided the way. He's made the way 
But for each of us, we have to take action if we're going to live fully alive. So as we come to a new year, I really believe it's a great time for a new start. It's a great time for each of us to make some changes and to chart a course to live fully alive in our relationship with Jesus Christ. So here's the question this morning. What are you going to do different in 2016 to get a different result than what you got in 2015 as it relates to your relationship with Jesus Christ. Listen, if you keep doing the same things in the same way, you're going to keep getting the same results, right? It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. Keep doing the same thing, same way, you're going to get the same results. So what adjustments might you need to make to live life fully alive in Christ in 2016? See, God's desire and God's plan for you is that you thrive in your relationship with Jesus Christ. God doesn't want you just to have a religious experience. Listen, God's not into religious experiences. God doesn't want you just to have like some lukewarm relationship with Jesus Christ where like you do your church thing, you do your religious obligation, check that box, done that. Listen, God's not interested in that. What God wants for you personally is that you live your life fully alive, fully engaged in a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's God's desire. That's God's plan for your life. God's prepared the way for us to live fully alive. Now we have to take action. And this text here in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 gives us insight into this. It's there in your notes So why don't we read it together? I have it actually from the message paraphrase because I really like the way it's stated um, from the message paraphrase. It's on the screen. It's in your notes. So why don't we uh, read this together this morning? Are you ready? Are you ready? Okay, thank you. Let's read it. I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open, spacious life. We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. Would you underline that last sentence there in your notes? God's desire and plan for our lives is that we live openly and and expansively, openly expansive, that we live fully alive. Listen, God's plan is not to limit your life, but to expand your life. Not to limit, but, but to expand. So from this text here in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, let me give you three truths concerning your life and your future. Three truths concerning your life and your future as we look to this new year we're launching into. The first truth is this, God has greater plans and greater opportunities for us. Whoever you are, wherever you're at in the season of life, whatever that season might look like for you, this is what I can guarantee you this morning. God has greater plans and greater opportunities for you. Notice notice the first verse. Look back to the text. Notice the first verse. Paul wrote, enter this wide open, spacious life. So what does God have for us? What does he have for you? He has a wide open, spacious life. Listen, I'm not only convinced that God is good, but I'm also convinced that God has good plans for your life. But he has this wide open, Paul identifies it as a wide open, spacious life. 
He has a great future for us, greater plans, greater opportunities. Matter of fact, Jeremiah, God speaking through the prophet Jeremiah, in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, states it like this. Listen as I read this verse. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. How many of you know that's good news this morning? Tell your neighbor God has greater plans and greater opportunities for you. Go ahead and turn to him. Tell him this morning, God has greater plans, greater opportunity for you. Listen, that's not, that's not just a statement of hype. I'm not here this morning just to hype you up, nor is it some hyper-faith statement. This is what you'll find consistently throughout God's Word. If you take God's Word from Genesis to Revelation, what you'll discover in God's Word is that for those who will set their hearts to seek God, God desires to reveal His greatness in your life. Really plain. Again, from Genesis to Revelation, throughout this book, it's revealed that for those who will set their hearts to seek God, to live life fully alive, that God wants to expand their lives and to expand their territory. He wants to bring you into a wide, open, spacious place. That's God's plan. However, there's a problem. That brings us to our second truth and we find in Second Corinthians chapter 6, we can become the lid on our potential. So God has greater plans, greater opportunity for us. But we can become the lid on our potential. Notice the third sentence, looking back to the text. The third sentence, the scripture says, the smallness you feel comes from where? The smallness you feel comes from in you. And Paul says what the problem is, oftentimes in us, right? Are you with me? The problem's where? It's within us. He says the smallness. God has this greater place, this, this spacious place that he wants, us bring us, that he wants to bring us to. But oftentimes there, there's, we're living in a small way. Paul says the problem is, is within you. Listen, God's not limited in any way. But if we're not careful, we can limit God in His work in our lives. In other words, again, we can become the lid on our potential. In Psalm 78, you might just jot that chapter down. You can check this out later. Psalm 78 is a book in the Bible that covers 40 years of history. It journals the travels of the children of Israel from Egypt, a place of a bondage to the promised land. So God had this spacious land He wanted to take them to. He had this better future He wanted to take them to. And along the way, there were some challenges. And so Psalm 78 talks about uh, the rebellion of the children of Israel, the, their, their hard-heartedness, their, their refusal to follow after God. And as a result, what happened? But it's 40 years of basically them working against God rather than working with God. In verse 41, Psalm 78, verse 41, reads like this. Again and again, they put God to the test. They limited the Holy One of Israel. The children of Israel limited a God who has no limits. What? They were living in a small way. If we're not careful, we can live in a small way in our thinking, in our faith, in our actions. We can live in a small way and miss the opportunity, the future that God has for us. We become the lid on our own potential. That brings us to the third truth we discover in Second Corinthians chapter 6. Here it is, the choices we make shapes the life we live. 
Choices we make shapes the life we live. Notice the fourth sentence in the text. Paul wrote, your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. Your lives aren't small, but the choices that you're making is resulting in you living in a small way. It's not bringing you to this wide open, spacious life God has for you. The problem is your choices. I said, there's no way around it. There's no way around it. The choices we make shapes the life we live. I mean, if you consistently, continually make bad choices, then you're going to come to bad consequences, right? If you consistently, continually make good choices, then you're going to reap the reward of, uh, of good choices. It was Coach John Wooden, the famous basketball coach, who said, there's a choice you have to make in everything you do, so keep in mind in the end, it's the choice you make that makes you. The choices we make shapes the lives we live. What we don't want to do is make choices that keeps us living in a, in a small way when God has like more for us. When He has, again, this wide open, spacious place that He wants to take us to. So, so how can we chart the course of our lives to live fully alive? How can we position our lives to the wide open, spacious life that God has for us to come alive to our potential? You know, it was Jim Rohn, Dr. Jim Rohn, who said, you cannot change your destination overnight, but you can change your direction. If you change your direction, you'll change your destination. See, for some of you, you've not been arriving at the destination you want because you've been going in the wrong direction. See, I think oftentimes in our lives, we need what I call course corrections. We need to make adjustments. We're living in a small way when God wants to bring us to a greater place. We, we have this lid on our lives that, that limits the potential. So, so as I wrap this up this morning, I have a couple of minutes left. How can you live? How can you live your life in such a way that you come to that spacious place, that wide open spacious place that the scripture speaks of? How can you live your life in such of a way that, you, that you're living fully alive? Uh, let me give you three statements, three points of application. I think the first is this. You have to see your potential. See your potential. Get a clear vision of who God created you to be. So if you don't see yourself clearly as who God created you to be, then out of that wrong understanding, that wrong perspective of who you are, then you're consistently making wrong choices. Again, that's bringing you to wrong destination. So at first, you have to see your potential. Listen, you're not a loser. There's not a loser in the house today. Amen? You're not a mistake. Listen, you're not like a messed up somebody that God has no use for. No, according to God's word, you are a chosen child of God and you're destined to overcome. So I'm only telling you what God's word says about who you are. But the first, if we're going to live fully alive, the first thing we have to do is we have to see our potential. We have to see who we are as God has created us. You know, it's interesting if you look to the creation story, Genesis chapter 1. And the process of creation that happened over six days, it's interesting how God brought forth life. So let me just kind of quickly walk you through this. When God wanted uh, trees and, and grass and vegetation, it's interesting. You can check it out. The scripture says he spoke to the land. He says, land bring forth trees. And there was trees and all seed-bearing plants. When God wanted uh, fish... Check it out. The scripture says that God spoke to the water and he called forth from the water all of the living creatures of the sea. 
when God wanted livestock, animals, the scripture said he spoke to the earth. It says, earth bring forth life. And then there was zebras and, and cows and horses and donkeys and all of these living creatures. Interesting, on the sixth day, when he came to create man, he didn't speak to the sea, he didn't speak to the land, he didn't speak to the earth, he spoke to himself. Genesis 1.26, listen, listen to what God said. Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth. What I want you to see here this morning is that we have been made in the image and the likeness of God. He didn't speak to the earth. He didn't speak to the water. He didn't speak to the land. He spoke to himself, and he called forth mankind. So in you, in you is the likeness of God. Now, one of the words that we use to try to describe God is omnipotent, omnipotent. We say God is omnipotent, meaning he's all, he's all power, omnis, all potent power. God is all power. He's all potential. And get this, you have been created in his image and his likeness. What's he placed in you? He's placed potential in you. Again, you're not some second-class citizen. You're not some washed over, worn out, on the sideline, not good for anything. No, you are a chosen child of God. And God created you in His image and His likeness, and He's placed great potential in you. Listen, if you're going to come fully alive in Christ as we come to this new year, the first thing you have to do is see the potential in your life. See who God created you to be. Listen, you'll never stretch for more until you can see more. And it's the seeing that enables us to believe for more and to set a plan of action to achieve more. So, so living fully alive begins with seeing your potential, but, but it doesn't stop there. The, the second step is you need to tap your potential. You need to see your potential. You need to tap your potential. Prepare for the future God has for you. Let me ask you a question this morning. What happens when we don't prepare? We could talk about your marriage. We could talk about your finances. We could talk about your company, if you own a company. We could talk about your work life. What happens when we don't prepare? When we don't prepare, we don't do well, do we? When we don't prepare, oftentimes we fail. Don't prepare for the big game. What do you do? You lose the big game. We don't prepare. But it does, it, things don't turn out well. Listen, if we're going to tap our potential, we need to prepare for the future that, that God has for us. How many of you agree with me this morning that God has a greater future for you? I mean, it's the truth of God's Word. He has, he has a spacious, wide open place He wants to take you to. So we believe that God has a wide open space, a better place, a greater future, greater opportunity for us. I think that was 100%. Let me see the hands again. How many, how many of you believe that? I hope you're raising your hand, because if not, basically you're saying, I just want to, really, I want to live a really messed up year. <laughs> so here's the second question, because I think it was, it's hard for me to tell with the lights, but I think it was 100%. Everyone raised their hand. Here's the second question. How many of you have a plan as to how you're going to come into that future that God has for you? Good. A few folks, I've been talking about it for 15 years. <laughs> I'm glad that it's stuck for a few. I, certainly I didn't do this to in any way condemn you or make you feel less than. That's not my point. My point is this. We all believe that God wants to bring us into a spacious place according to His Word. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, Jeremiah 29, 11. 
We believe that God wants to bring us into a wide open, spacious place, but oftentimes we, we don't prepare for the future that God has for us. We believe God's going to take us to a better place, but we haven't done anything to get ready for it. Now, I, I'm a huge fan, and I talk about this every year, and so if you're wondering when we're going to talk about it now, I'm going to talk about it. I'm a huge fan of a growth plan. I happen to believe that every Christ follower who wants to live fully alive in Christ should have a growth plan. One of the things I've discovered in my life is that growth, whether mentally or spiritually, never happens until we become intentional. In other words, it doesn't just sneak up on you. When I was in school and I would have like a big test, a big exam, like a midterm exam, I used to go to sleep with a book on my head. Hoping that somehow as I slept, the information that I hadn't prepared for, that I didn't study for, that somehow it would just like find its way into my brain and it never worked. That's why I was not a good student in school. But if we're going to, if we're going to embrace the future that God has for us, we have to prepare. We have to make the way. And that's why for the past 20 years, if you were to ask me, Pastor, what's helped you live in the wide open, spacious place of God's goodness in your life? What's helped you grow more than anything else? I would say hands down a growth plan. Every year I develop a growth plan. I talk about in my growth plan, I talk about my spiritual life. I talk about my leadership. I talk about my family life. I talk about my physical health. It's all in my growth plan. See, I, I, I do believe that God has a greater future for me, but I believe that I have, I have to embrace the process to get there. See, again, it goes back to the interstate system. Listen, there's good roads uh, from North Carolina to Arkansas, but just having good roads wouldn't get us there, wouldn't get us to our destination. No, we had to get on the road. We had to travel down the way. So it's the same for us in our lives. So you've got to tap your potential. How do you tap your potential? You need to prepare. You need to get yourself ready for the future that God has for you. Again, it requires what? It requires intentionality. I love this quote by Henry Ford. He says, before everything else, getting ready is the secret to success. Preparing. Laying the way. Listen, God's placed great potential within you. The question is, are you going to tap the potential? Or are you just going to live in some status quo existence? Man, don't live your life in a small way. It's like Paul says, back, back to the text, he says, the smallness comes from within you. You're living in a small way. And don't do that. And we want, to, we want to tap our potential, prepare for the future that God has for you. Let me just really quick give you three preparation principles. I don't have time to develop these because I've run out of time. But here's the first principle. Preparation allows you to tap into your potential. It, listen, it positions you for the future that God has for you. The second principle is this. Preparation precedes opportunity. A lot of you have been waiting for opportunity, wondering when opportunity is going to come. Listen, it's not going to come until you get yourself ready for it. But preparation precedes opportunity. And then here's the third principle. Preparation for tomorrow begins with the right use of today. Right use of today. Listen, here's the problem with tomorrow. You know the problem with tomorrow, right? It never comes, right? Well, I'm going to do it tomorrow. 
I'm going to do it tomorrow. Well, tomorrow never comes. So preparation begins with the right use of today to prepare you for the future that God has for you. So first, you need to see your potential. You need to tap your potential. Here's the third step. You need to unleash your potential. You need to activate your faith. Activate your faith. Living fully, listen, living fully alive and enjoying the spacious life that God has for us is not just about working harder and doing more. Listen, what I don't want you to do is walk away from this service today and say, well, he just wants us to do a growth plan and work harder and be more focused. Because I'm all for working harder. I'm all for being focused because I believe that we have a part to play in the process. Again, God's prepared the way. I got to walk in it. But can I tell you that human effort alone will not bring you to the wide open, spacious place that God has for you? There is a faith aspect there's a faith that has to be activated. There's a faith that has to be released. If you're going to come to this wide open, spacious place that God has for you. An interesting story, Mark chapter 9. There's a father who brings his young son to Jesus because there's a problem. And the problem is, is that his young son has an evil spirit. Evil spirits robbed him of his speech. It's causing him to do like all of these weird things. So the father brings his son to Jesus so that Jesus might be able to like to do something for him. And so Jesus asked the father, he says, how long has your son been like this? And, and um, the father said, well, from, from childhood. And said, not only that, this, this wild demonic spirit in him makes him at times throw himself in the fire, throw himself in the water. It's, it's crazy. Can, can, you, can, you do, can you do anything for him? Would you take pity on us? Is, is it possible? And, and I love what Jesus says. This is what he says to the father concerning his son. He says, everything is possible for him who believes. Everything is possible for him who believes. That's the faith factor. Would you say that with me? Can we say that together? Everything is possible for him who believes. See, it's the faith factor that's the difference maker. This thing, this, this, this faith life we're living, it's not just about my effort. It's not just about me working hard. It's not just about me being focused. It, it, it really is about me living my life fully convinced, fully persuaded that God is able. It's getting up every day and living every day in expectation that God's going to show up in my life in a dynamic way, and He's going to bring me into a wide open, spacious life. It's living my life every day with that kind of, of persuasion. Listen, I don't know what your Mondays are like, or your Tuesdays are like, or your Wednesdays are like. I don't know what your workplace is like, but this is what I do know. Listen, you don't want to go into a day without God active in your life. What is that? It's the faith factor. How do we unleash our potential? It's about living our lives fully convinced that God wants to work dynamically in our lives and through our lives. And as we activate faith and and live our lives fully persuaded that God is able, we begin to live then at a whole new level. It's then that the impossible becomes possible. I love the verse in Luke 137 where the angel Gabriel says to Mary, for nothing is impossible with God. Listen, when you begin to live your life with that conviction, fully persuaded that nothing is impossible with God, listen, it, it really is the game changer. Listen, God has placed great potential within you. 
He has a great future for you, and He's working on your behalf for your good. That's the faith factor. And when you bring all of that together, what happens? You get to move into a wide open, spacious place. So as I conclude this morning, let me take you back to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Paul wrote, your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. Open up your lives. Live openly. Live expansively. So what might you need to do in 2016 to open your life in a greater way to God? What areas in your life this morning that you might say, wow, I've been living in a small way here. God would say, hey, I want to move you from that place to a wide open, spacious place that we would live fully alive, fully alive to the potential that God has placed in us. So think about that for just a moment. What area in your life has been the limiter, has been the lid, has been the restrictor? What we define is God has this greater future He wants to take us to. Take you to, your family to. What way, Matt, you have been living small. Today the Holy Spirit would just want to say, hey, we need a little adjustment here. Would you pray with me? Lord, I thank you this morning for the encouragement of your word, the correction of your word, the direction of your word. God, I thank you for what we find revealed in your word that, Lord, that you want to bring us to this, as the scripture says, a wide open, spacious place. But Lord, often, if we're honest in the assessment of our lives, often we live our lives in a small way. So Holy Spirit, this morning, I would just ask, what might you want to reveal in us? What might you want to convict? What might you want to adjust in us that would be the lid, that would be the limiter? Holy Spirit, I ask today that you would help every individual in this room today, that you would help them see the potential you've placed in their lives, to tap that potential, to to prepare for that future and to unleash that potential to activate faith because Lord with you all things are possible and Lord as we come into this new year God I thank you for how you by your spirit through your word you're going to work in our lives bringing us to that place that we are fully alive in Christ And I pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.